All right, we're back. Freedom Path Investors Podcast in the first uh, sight of uh, adult beverages in a while. Yeah, there you go. What episode is this, Brian? Uh, 12. 12. And our special guest is the wonderful Mr. Corey Boyles. Say hi, Corey. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corey, we've known you for a while in the investing circles, and uh, you've had a pretty awesome journey we'll talk about. And I'm um, just going to hang out and have fun here today. We just got done uh, wrapping up a little video session Corey filmed for us. And yeah. uh, I'm exhausted because we suck as actors. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was completely nerve-wracking. But It's uh, way harder doing it than you than you than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Like, he asked us, like, hey, are you guys good? Like, you guys anxious yeah. at all? We're just like, no, we're fine. And then I, for sure, was just like, I freaked out. <laughs> yeah. The camera was on. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. You forget all of your lines. Yeah. And, like, you try to remember every single adjective. And you mix 12 words into one. And you guys did great. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Hope, hope that and you, do you have the whitest teeth, too, of anybody I know? Well, they're fake. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you ever revealed that on the podcast before? Fake teeth. Okay, so do you want to tell a fake teeth story? <laughs> Who did you piss off? So, <laughs> so the fake teeth story goes like this. Okay, so I'll try to make it more PG, as PG as I can. But basically, 13. someone, yeah, thirteen. Uh, someone accused me of stealing something. Okay, I'm not gonna say what that thing was. And it was something that I would never. It wasn't steal. teeth. No, it wasn't teeth. You had them. Yeah, at that it wasn't point. teeth. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, and I don't. I, the thing that he accused me of stealing, I would never want, okay? Uh, but he did anyways. And so uh, he had a pool ball in his hand, and he actually cracked me over the mouth with it, and boom, my teeth came flying out. So he hit you or he threw it? He hit me. Like, like where I'm at with you, because there was multiple people, I was looking at this person over here, and he just like side clocked me in the mouth, and my teeth came out, and we ended up getting into a fight. So I picked up, this is a good story, I guess. So I picked up my teeth after the fight. <laughs> And I put him in a mug of milk, vitamin D milk that was there, and I drove to the hospital. And then they went ahead and uh, just put them right back in my mouth. <laughs> no anesthesia or anything like that. They just put them back in. And they eventually died, and I had to put a bridge in. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, when you first put them in, though, it was like they, they were stayed falling? for like two years. Oh, really? Yeah, they were hanging out there. They're they're it's chilling. Out. Yeah, but then like one day, like I was buying this, so I was like, man, that feels loose. So I went to the dentist, and it was like, yeah, your teeth are dying. You gotta replace them. So, did, so did the guy pay for that? Like no, somehow, or no, man, it was, show everybody on YouTube. Did you go to jail? Show, show, show those pearly whites. <laughs> Look, Look at that, that. smile. That's a yeah. smile. My, my dentist goes, you're going to have a smile like someone on People Magazine or something like that. I don't know. That's a smile that helps us buy houses for sure. It does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Does. How old were you? 20, 21? Oh, right at 21 okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was a that was a fun time uh, in my life. Yeah, things get crazy at 21. Oh, for it's sure. Like, yeah. 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 It's pretty rough, man. Apparently. Tough life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even think about it. Yeah, I don't even think about it. But like, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not the one being interviewed right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's cool. This is a real estate investing podcast. Not this is a real estate investing podcast. We're going to kind of go off topic a little bit today and talk more about, uh, I mean, Corey, you've been a full-time investor, acquisition buyer. You've kind of learn to follow your heart a little bit more and kind of dive into your passions. So, yeah. Um, I mean, tell everybody a little bit about your story. And yeah. So, well, I actually first started my post high school career, um, not knowing what I wanted to do at all. And, um, Same here. Yep. I, but I, I didn't want to go to, I didn't want to go get a degree cause I actually hate school. Um, I'm bad at it. And uh, tests, I'm bad at tests. I don't like to learn things that I don't that yeah. I don't like to learn. Um, for sure. If I'm interested in it, though, I will suck up every single microbe of it. Um, but otherwise, it's you know I won't remember either. I can relate to that. Yeah. I think a lot of real estate people are actually like that. You know, I think um, a lot of people are like that. I think a lot of people are like being honest with themselves. Yeah. Right. Like more of the entrepreneur type people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, my 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 dad owns a business my brother my sister my grandpa like i've come from a long line of people who aren't very book smart or even regular smart but like they kind of just figure out how to make an llc and then will they be watching this <laughs> no they don't no they don't support any of my ventures <laughs> so your whole entire family was not have been entrepreneurs so did you kind of know that you were always going to go and yeah i don't even consider myself an entrepreneur i just consider myself a a a business owner. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, because um, I do what's already been done. 
you know, um, but I just do it for myself. Yeah. I do it my own way. But after high school, I went to massage school uh, because I thought, well, you can't go wrong, you know, as a single 19 year old <laughs> yeah, with yeah. massage skills. And also I had a friend that said I was really good. So um, went into massage school so I can make some decent money. And while well, I'm going through college, well, I've figured that out. Well, that turned into a seven year career and um, which is the exact average career for a, a, for a, for a massage therapist. Yeah, out. like wow. most people stop at seven years. Um, I had kind of did everything that I wanted to do with my massage career. I had a business. I worked with the MU swim team. Uh, and uh, one day at, at, at that time, I was also uh, doing a little bit of wholesaling. So mm -hmm. I learned about wholesaling from a guy that um, was living with me. So I bought a house and I started renting. I house hacked. Okay. It was a three bedroom house in O'Fallon. I rented out two of the bedrooms and they were paying my mortgage and one of the guys, Justin Van Ripper. Yeah. 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 He, he was living with me and he was a sleep tech at that time. And yeah, so he, he'd go into work at like 7 PM and he wouldn't get home till like 7 AM. And, uh, he hated doing the overnight thing. Um, and he is, Justin is a really, really smart guy. And he like, uh, he's like a super high S and a high C if you know what those are. Yeah, those those are so he's really, really good at like researching and knowing his stuff. And uh, and just one day he's like, yeah, I just started this thing. It's called wholesaling. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so I just kind of watched him do yeah. his thing. It sounded like a um, kind of scammy or it didn't sound like, I don't know, just like nothing I'd ever even heard of. For before, sure. Right? Yeah, totally unfamiliar. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And um, and I did it. I just kind of let him do it. And, uh, you know, he he didn't really brag about it or anything like that. And uh, But then he told me about Sean Greaves, which is a local – Hard money lender, yep. and he said, "You know, this guy will give you up to fifty grand if you can find a house to flip, and then you just use your own money to flip it." And that made sense to me. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, wow!" So I went to this, uh, you know, two-hour seminar thing that Sean Graves did, and I went and talked to him. And I just knew, like, there's just sometimes when you just know, like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to find a house and I'm going to flip it. And I didn't know anything about it at all. I was so green, but I just knew that. I was like, didn't this is for me? Like, yeah, I, I wasn't smart enough to like even overthink it. You know what I mean? It was like it just sounded so simple. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about the whole big picture yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just was like, back then, um, you guys know SSIC is a local. Yeah, it's a local uh, real estate club. Well, back then, you could just send an email out through meetup and everybody would get the email all at once. I remember those. Yeah. Oh, were you, were you yeah, around was, back then? That's, I started 2016 in my journey. That's when they were still doing the meetup.com. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is 2012 at that point. And, um, I sent out an email and everyone got the email and I just said like, I'm, I'm a new investor. I'm looking for a house to buy what you got, mm -hmm. you know, like people do that. You see 12 of those a day on every Facebook yeah, group now, right? Yeah, yeah. But back then, it, it was a little different. There was a lot less wholesalers. Um, How many people were going out to the clubs at that point? Well, SSIC was definitely the biggest one. And yeah, then... The first one I went to, there's probably 200 people there. Yeah, I actually only went to a handful of those, but there was probably about 100 to 150 yeah. when okay. I was going there. Uh, back up real quick. What made you attracted to the whole, whole entire... Money. Life? I at at, fir at <laughs> first, it was like, you know, as a massage therapist, I was making good money for me, you know, but I had also like, um, I had never thought of myself making more than that, you know, right, and, yeah. and I was, ha and I've never been motivated by money. It was just like, what I've been motivated by is freedom and time. Like, yeah. I don't want to work, me personally, I've never been this way. I don't want to work for, for full time. Unless it doesn't feel like work. So work to me, I even hate the word, I hate words like hustle and grind and work because like, I don't like to work. Like if like when we just did this video shoot, that wasn't work to me, you know? We had fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but at that time it was like, uh, it was the same thing. It was like, it excited me because it was a new frontier of stuff to learn. And I thought, I could make some money and it just, I felt like more of a businessman, you know, I felt like yeah. I was doing well, bigger you things. Talk to anybody that got into real estate because they wanted to work more? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no. 
maybe some VAs I've hired, but yeah. um, I I ended up uh, some uh, Michelle Moshiri. That's her name now, but she's a real estate agent. She had a short sale in in North County and in, okay. in, in Hanley Hills, and uh, I think I bought that house for this is 2012 or 13, and I bought that house for like 12 grand. And it needed nothing. Like I, it had already been painted. All I did was I think I spent up to 600 bucks maybe in some like insulation in the basement stuff. I didn't even really have to do. And um, long story short with that property, I, I was trying to get it rented and then I was going to sell it to an out-of-state investor. Okay. Right. So I was building up my buyer's list. Yeah. I, was, I didn't know anything about leasing or showing the property or anything, you know, advertising it, but I was just doing whatever. And it was like a couple months went by and I still hadn't had it rented. And I was like, maybe I should try to list this thing for sale at the same time. So I listed it for sale. And like the next day I just sold it vacant oh, wow. and made 10 grand. Okay. Um, and then I took all that money and put it right into marketing. And I was, and then I did it again. And I, and I talked to that same agent. I said, what else you got? How did you pay for the house? I used Sean Greaves money. I had at that time, I had five grand to my name. Okay. So, um, not a whole lot to. No, I didn't have a lot. Campaign and yeah. yeah. No, I didn't at all. And um, that that five grand went to um, closing costs, and um, you know my ten percent down or whatever. You for know? sure. Yeah. My twelve my ten percent down was twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. Plus another thousand for closing or whatever else. Right. And then I put in you know. 500 bucks or less 600 bucks and just fixing up the property. Okay. So then I had, it had to work out and put all, I had to, well, I had to, but I also was very optimistic. I still am very optimistic. I'm like, what can, you know, what can go wrong? You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Just the fact that you only had to put $600 into a house. That's right. been a really It nice, was yeah. super great shape. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. And, um, and yeah, I, so I sold it and I got 10 grand and I started with, five grand in my name and now I have 15 grand and just tripled it and it took a few months. And so, uh, I was like, I gotta do it again. You know? So I took my money and I talked to Michelle and I said, Hey, wh what else you got? Another short sale. I think I bought the next short sale for 14 grand. That was over in, um, in Jennings and that one needed a little bit more work. So I, I thought, well, I'll just, I'm not very handy. Uh, everyone else in my life is handy except for me. I'm terrible. And, uh, hired a contractor and um, paid him. Long story short, with that guy, he ripped me off. I mean, uh, oh, he did everything. Uh, he did he did like eighty percent of the work, and the other twenty percent after I had paid him his full check. Yeah. Don't ever do that. I mean, in my in my opinion, you shouldn't pay unless you have a really good. Uh, don't don't ever pay the first contractor first time you're working with them. Right. You, you know, hundred percent until the work is a hundred to the ten percent done. Relationship. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that guy kind of took my money. So that that deal was supposed to take like in and out three months, and it, in and out took eight months. Mm -hmm. I had to refinance with my hard money guy. Yeah. And um, me and my buddy Pat, uh, who's now my current contractor, we went in there and we did the rest of the work ourselves and. Got it rented, sold it, made another ten grand on top of on top of the refinance and everything else. I guess still net another ten grand. So you netted it. Okay, yeah. awesome. Meanwhile, my buddy Justin is wholesaling, and he's making five and ten grand every two weeks, not doing anything, and I'm losing sleep, <laughs> you know, and like trying to figure out how to sue somebody, yeah. and um, and he's just rolling in the dough. Yeah. And so after that second deal, I was like, okay, like. I got to figure out what you're doing. <laughs> so that's when I decided, uh, okay, I'm going to wholesale. And so um, I bought, I started doing my own marketing yeah. instead of just relying on this agent. That's when I started doing my own marketing. Okay. So how did you learn? What steps did you take to get there? Where like, okay, these are the marketing tools I want to deploy. How did you learn all that? Yeah. I, Whatever Justin told me to do. Okay. Yeah. So is he, there like a training that he went through to when he's first? Oh man. Justin is, like I said, he, I, Probably like he's been a lot of time on um, bigger pockets in YouTube yeah. okay. and just reading. Yeah. And he, he was my, he, he was the guy that would go out and get the information and then condense it for me, you know, to every man terms. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm the kind of guy, just tell me what I got to do. You know, I'll do it. And so he's like, Oh, you just, you know, you, 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 at, you, you market to uh, landlords who are tired of being landlords. Okay. Makes sense. 
at this time, like it didn't see like now it feels like there's 4,000 people in St. Louis doing that. Right. Back then it felt like there was five. It really felt like that. Like the the return rates back then were double. So I would, I I started small and um, you know, I I bought a list of, I don't remember maybe 3000 names or something is that it's been so long since I've bought the absentee list, but maybe three to four or 5,000. And it was all like the North County stuff. And at this point, I, I already had a buyer's list because I was looking for people. Right. And what I was doing was um, actually, it wasn't looking for people in town. I was looking for people out of town. So I was, I was using Craigslist heavily yeah. to find out-of-state investors. And, um, and I found this one guy. Is, he, he lived in Texas. He was from Germany. He was an engineer. Super smart guy. And they were looking to buy up a bunch of stuff. And um, the first wholesale I ever did, actually, it wasn't from my marketing it was from like, I knew what this guy wanted and I, and this other guy had put something up for sale Mm -hmm. and I said, I called that guy up and I said, I think I can sell it for you. Um, I got a buyer, you know, I I didn't really try to hide anything or I just told him like, Hey, I got a buyer for you. If it works out, like I'll I'll make it work. And I think I made four grand on that deal. And I was like, Oh my God, that was so easy. And it took two weeks. (laughs) And um, so then I started doing the absentee thing. I was sending out 400 letters a week, and that's kind of what got me started with with the with the wholesaling. It's funny. There's a lot of like the reverse aspect of that going on now. Like virtual wholesaling is all the rage, and you know we're actually working with somebody in California that's doing their marketing in St. Louis. So we're we've been kind of been their boots on the ground and helping them walk through the deals and everything. But um, it's interesting. I mean, they're still selling the rentals to out of state investors for sure. Yeah, virtual wholesaling, like uh, that's something I thought that that sounds great if you can get the systems together and make that work because yeah. um, like you can do it all from home. And I, I something about my personality just didn't work. Like I needed to be the one seeing the property. Right. Closing deals over the phone was not the easiest thing for you. Is that um, it well, yeah, that's I think everyone's got their own way of how they close, you know. Yeah. Um, and. Part of my building trust process, I think um, I need not only, I don't know, like uh, you have to trust somebody for them to trust you, right? And mm-hmm. it's not like I didn't trust the people I was mailing to because what, what could they do to, you know, honor and trust or hurt yeah. me or whatever. Um, but I feel like I needed people to actually meet me because mm-hmm. my sales process very, involves little sales, you know, the, the sales is kind of done on the very, very back end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, for me, like, I just try to, I don't even really try. I just try to be the best version of myself on the appointment. And hopefully they like me as a person, right. you know, and hopefully they want to do, do business, business with me based on that. I'd, I'd say we've taken a similar approach. I mean, I mean, we, on the phone call, we're just basically trying to get as much information to see if we're even going to be a fit to do business. Right. Yeah. But that relationship is built in the living room and get to know those people and, Figure out how you can help them. I also kind of think it's fun of find out their life story and and, right. and, and how that relates to the property and everything like that. That's kind of an interesting idea. This guy could have a five-hour appointment every day. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you can talk yeah. to anybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not necessarily good if you don't get the deal, but um, yeah, people's lives are interesting inherently. I think uh, yeah. there's a lesson to be learned or some sort of moral to be learned, uh, especially if it to the house and, and the situation that they're in. So I find that really interesting. And, and you're right. However you do it, however I do it, he does it. It's it's little sales. It's really just building that rapport element with the with the seller, um, getting them to, you know, it's like if they talk about themselves more, they'll get to like you more. Yeah. That's not like a sales. That's not me being a salesy person. That's just inherently who I am. Right. You know what I mean? It sounds like that's kind of similar to you. Yeah. yeah I don't think everyone is built to be a acquisitions manager. And um, I wasn't the best. I'm not. Actually, I took the disc personality test and a bunch of other personality tests. They said, like, I had a lot of work to do when it comes to sales. Like, <laughs> and also, I'm bad at taking tests. So, uh, yeah. And it was a test that I took to figure out how good I'm at sales. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm really actually the best at sales. I mean, I was, I was good for what I did, but. Can you share what your results yeah. are? Oh, yeah. Well, at that time, I was, like, what my results are. Like, um, so, what do you mean? Like oh, that's that's C-I-D-A. Oh, oh, like, oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm a very high high. So, um, which is influence, which is basically like, I want people to, I want to be able to influence people and like, um, 
and like me as well. Yeah. So like sometimes that doesn't, it's good, but sometimes it's not good because I, it can, I can be, it can be hard when, um, when, um, like you want someone to like you, right. That's, and, that's the Achilles heel there. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings, yeah. you know? And so like, it can be hard to say the hard stuff sometimes. Yeah. Whereas like other people that I know that are high D's, can just be like, oh no, let me stop you right there, sir. Like this, this, and this. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and they can say it, of course, in a much cleaner way. But yeah. I just kind of like nod and smile too much sometimes, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah. so uh, I'm also a, a low in normal life. So like when I took this test, it shows you how you are in normal life and then how you are professionally. Because there's there's a difference. Yeah. Like you shift. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I when I in my normal life, I'm a low, high, low, very low S and C. So like, I don't, I'm not a researcher. I don't like, I'm not a details person. Um, but when it comes to work stuff, I, I am. So it was just kind of weird. Yeah. I think I took that test years ago when I was in my old career and I was a high C and I'm like, I read that now. I can see that's that. not me at all. Like really? Today, like, I don't know. Well, C's compliance, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I think of C as like a scientist. Um, it's definitely it's somebody. It's somebody who can go deep on a topic. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the way that I look at it. Is that's, like, that's the way I look at it. Like somebody who can like uh, maybe that's not you, but like it's somebody who can like read a whole book or like when they're trying to learn about the process of making a beer, right? They they learn about they really learn it. Yeah. Like me, I'm like, okay, they put it in tanks and then like it comes out here at some point. <laughs> and then I drink beer. <laughs> I drink it. Well, I mean, we did the predictive index test, which is another personality thing. And I was a maverick, which like to me, when you read that against a high C, it's like, that's You're right. Totally Freaking Tom Cruise over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a collaborator. Yeah. So yeah. Collaborator. Oh, yeah. okay. So I think you and I probably may share a little bit. I just took the disc test again, just out of curiosity. And I took it in a way of like, when have I been at my best, right? Because a lot of times people take these online tests because they're like down on themselves and want to try to figure themselves out. Yeah. And I was like, I was actually feeling good about myself. So I took the disc test and like it shifted. I went from a yes. high C and S or whatever to high yeah. I and D, mm-hmm. which was I thought was interesting. So it's like the state that you're in uh, really matters. Yeah, and I think that can change. Like I think parts of your like I think you're, you're, we are fundamentally, but there are things about you and how you view the world and how you act, interact with people yeah. that that can change. Well, I think that's a great segue to talk about how you change your careers. Oh yeah, Why? yeah. So we, we were at you started doing some wholesaling. Yeah. Um, did you become a wholesaler rehabber for a while before you got your acquisition manager job? Yeah. So I I kind of um, I, I was always good at networking in the beginning. Like that was probably big part of my success because um, half the deals that I did, I think this maybe the second year I was in business as a, as an investor, I did 50 deals. Wow. Um, and then let's see, is it maybe the third, Oh, I think the third year I did about 50 deals too. And that's by yourself. Day. Yeah. Wow. Did well, I say by myself and not running, like I, I had my business by myself, but half the deals I did were co-wholesales. Okay. So, and like I said, back then it was like, there was half a dozen of us that were actually doing it, mm-hmm. like that were like kind of the maverick wholesalers, and right? We're swapping deals and lining up buyers for each other. Yes, exactly. Like there was, and we all got in at the same time too. Yeah. And so um, some of us had the buyers and some of us had the, the sellers, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I had the seller and uh, I, I'd call up my buddy and I'd say, hey, you got somebody for this, right? I'd call him like in the driveway, leaving the appointment after I get on our contract. Oh yeah, I got it, send the pictures over. Cool. Vice versa. Like I just called somebody when I'm like having a slow week. What do you got for sale? I got buyers looking and then, you know, I'd make a few grand that way. Wow. So awesome. yeah. it was pretty good. And I was making money like I had never made before too. Yeah. Um, I think my like I had to rub down 50 backs to get. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Over here like, <laughs> hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes to get something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you need a shoulder rub. I got you. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, then this company, Faster House, which you guys know. Yeah. Um, Faster House is one of the biggest companies in, in St. Louis, and um, they were growing, and they needed a new acquisitions guy. And I met Brian through a networking meeting, the mastermind that I was in. And um, 
the most unassuming guy I've ever met. Like, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, Brian, if you're listening to this, uh, I love Brian. And by the way, he's changed his style back then, but he had like the old, like new balance, white dad shoes. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, with wow. like the jeans that were like three inches too short. And then a faster house shirt that had been around for like, you know, the shirt was like, you know, it was an old shirt. And, um, he just like, didn't seem like a super successful real estate entrepreneur. And that's exactly the what he, next door. Yes. Yeah. The millionaire next door that you had yeah. no idea. And he was like the most, he was extremely likable and like very humble and would listen to and talk to anybody. And so one day they needed an acquisitions guy and they needed a, a property a leasing agent. And so they were like, Corey, if you want to be a leasing agent, you know, yeah. we can segue that into uh, you being acquisitions, acquisitions at yeah. some point. And I was like, I don't know. I, I kind of like my, doing my own thing. Yeah. And um, but you know, with 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 a company, I'd have the backbone, the backbone of being able to take out as many houses. You know, I, I, they got marketing people that work for them. They got everybody, people that go to closings, all that. I just got to take the yeah. appointment. So, so I I went and took them up on that offer. And uh, did I was with Faster House for four years doing acquisitions for them. So I, and I bought on average, actually it was like pretty average, like 30, 35 houses a year. So I bought less houses, but they were like the houses that we were buying were greater spreads. Yeah. And I also got and, paid based on the and rehab. And you weren't putting out all the marketing yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't doing any marketing. And uh, I mean, yeah, um, And it was a great team. I loved everybody that worked there. And in their business, growing, 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 growing. Um, I mean, so what did you learn? Did you come to realize you just you didn't love it at that point? Yeah. So I, I, my personality is like, um, you know, if I'm interested in something, I want to learn everything about it, you know, and I want to get pretty deep on it. And that was how it was with real estate. I want to meet, I want to meet everyone that's in the area that does it. I want to know how they're doing it. I want to learn the new things. I want to, I wanted to learn how I can be the best sales guy, you know? Um, and I had done it for about four years. And in that time, actually, I started learning real estate photography because I, um, I wanted to take the pictures of the photos when they were done. And it wasn't even to save a buck. It was because I was actually like really, really interested in it. And it became one of those things that like, I wanted to know more. I wanted to learn how to get better. I wanted to learn how to do it quicker. I wanted to learn, you know, how to be better. Right. And it wasn't even about money at that point. And, um, and then it got to the point where, uh, I was, I was like, actually Mike Kitko, he was, uh, Mm -hmm. he was a coach of mine. Um, uh, love Mike. And, my kid was a local kind of life coach. Uh, he's actually he, Brian Schroeder's coach. Yeah, he is Brian Schroeder on our Faster House. Um, so he's an executive coach is what he goes by, but um, he's much more than that. And um, he's a good friend of mine. He was one, one day we were in Panera and he was like, you, it was like the first of the year. It was like January. And he said, um, we were talking about what I really love to do because at that time, like I was starting to lose passion for real estate, for t- uh, real estate in general. Um, it had been, you know, the, the frontier was gone for me. Like if I really wanted to have more frontier in real estate, I would have to grow my, grow what I was doing like commercial, you know, mm-hmm. or, or stop working for somebody else, yeah. you know, like that would be a new frontier, but working for somebody else, it was like I had, done everything that I could do. Well, was it a struggle too, since you had been on your own for a while and then? Uh, at that point, no, I had gotten past that. Yeah. I had gotten past that type of thing. And, and Faster House was a company that like, maybe another company, I would be thinking thoughts like that. Like I hate working for someone else or like, I don't have any of the control, but I feel like they, I had a great platform. Like they listened to me and I was able to live the way that I wanted to. There was no like culture conflict at that no, time. No, no. Yeah. So, um, so I started doing, you know, real estate and he, he, or photography. And then Mike, Mike's telling me like, Hey man, like if you really like to do this, like you're fired up about this, it's okay to get paid to do what you love. Like you yeah. can start a business. And I was like, I'm going to do that. So this is like 2018. And I, 
started an LLC right then and just started building that business. I think that's the definition of being an entrepreneur. You said you don't feel like an entrepreneur, but I think getting paid for what you love to do is uh, I much. Yeah, I, yeah. I, <laughs> to me, an entrepreneur is something different. Yeah. Um, that was a word that always tripped, messed with my head. So like, already, like you created something from scratch, totally new. Yes. Like, yeah. It's like, to me, it's like, a new frontier for everybody, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like, and I, and sometimes I think everyone compares themselves to the, the biggest, you know, entrepreneurs out there, you know, and, um, some people just want to have that title. Right. Yeah. I yeah. See I'm an entrepreneur now. I, I, and I think the entrepreneur is not like, it's, it's become like, um, culturally glorified, uh, amongst, uh, individuals who are, um, uh, the hustle the grind, industrial, and, you know, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I never, yeah, I never identified with that. I because I actually had a, I had an internal conflict with that word because I felt less than because I was like, I'm not really an entrepreneur. I'm not the first photographer. I'm not doing anything differently. Same with real estate. I'm not doing anything differently. Um, and people would call me that, you know, and I still am like, that's not that's not what I am. Like I'm not an entrepreneur. Um, and I don't think I want to be either. Like there's a, most entrepreneurs fail hard repeatedly over and over. Most of them are Jeff Bezos, you know, most of them are Elon Musk. Um, so, uh, so that's a true entrepreneur to use guys like that. Um, well, yeah, that's like the top echelon like yeah. the easy, the low hanging fruit, like who's an entrepreneur, but, um, like Brian Schroeder, entrepreneur. Um, he, he probably wouldn't even say he is. I say he is because of how many, uh, you know, how many baskets he's holding, right? Because yeah. he does, he's got a lot of businesses and they all support each other, yeah. which that in and of itself is entrepreneurial, you know. Um, For sure, yeah. Um, I, I want to touch on, so before we sat down and talked, like you were saying, like, not everyone has, like, if you're in real estate, you're doing this thing, like, you don't have to. I don't know what subscribe to the hustle and grind narrative. You said right. you don't have to do it if you don't love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's... so you you eventually severed ties, right? Um, well, I wouldn't say that because I Faster House is my it's about Faster House. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're not severed at all. Um, they're my biggest client. For sure. Um, I sponsor the real estate club. Uh, I talk to their the people that work there. You know, we're still good okay. friends with them. So I wouldn't say sever. I would say that. Um, so I was working with Faster House for another four years and um, they were growing and um, they kind of changed some of the things in their business. Sure. And I think their expectations of me, you know, they were wanting more from me. Sure. Right. And which, which is good. That's what they should be wanting. They should be wanting more from me. Yeah. And um, I wasn't wanting more from me, mm. you know, in that field, I wanted to do Spend more time on doing stuff you love. Actually, actually, yeah, that's that's right. Like I wanted to do more, um, more, more photography stuff. Yeah, yeah. And 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 to me, like the real estate stuff was a way to make money. Mm-hmm. And um, it it ended up being like um, they they called me into the office and one day, and they're like, you know, you're not making the numbers, which my numbers had stayed the the same. The um, so it's not like I was getting worse. It's just that I wasn't getting better. Yeah, you know, and I, and I actually like. It is a business that like, if you, especially now, if you need to be doing more than sending mailers out, you know, and mm-hmm. you need to be doing like, you have to be networking, you have to be calling people, you have to be driving for dollars. And those, those are things I wasn't doing. It sounds like hustle. sounds like it, to me. Yeah. Exactly. You're yeah. right. It's, it's hustle and it's grind and it's hard work. And those are things that I get anxiety thinking about. Right. Sure. <laughs> and it was like, they, they let me go. And, um, I was, I was upset, but then I was like, actually, like right afterwards, I was like, I can start over. I can be whatever I want. Blessing in disguise. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to go all in on what I love to do. And it was kind of an, it was such a relief actually, because I felt like this huge burden. Like if you're doing something you don't love to do for somebody else, you're a faker. Like, Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. You you feel like I, I felt like a faker. I felt like a fake. I felt like I didn't know how I was helping. How am I helping the people that I'm trying to buy houses from? Right. How am I helping them? Like they could, I'm one in 50 that they could sell. Right. They could list the thing. Right. Like what makes me different? What makes me special? The reason why I felt that way, because I didn't, I didn't have a passion in doing it. 
And um, it, it, yeah, the passion you had at one point, it fell, fell off. It felt it went away. Yeah. And, and so I had this guilt that was carrying around with me everywhere of, uh, I'm not helping the company. Like I'm not the best fit for them. And I'm not helping the people that uh, I'm going in to buy houses from. Like I know how to say the words. I know how to go through the motions. Like, but I didn't feel what they were feeling. And that, I don't know. You can't do you can't do things great when you don't feel yeah. like you're actually helping somebody. Yeah. And so um, that's when I went all in on on the on on the photography. I do real estate photography and videography. I, uh, do a lot of headshots. I do a lot of portraits. I do some weddings, but um, I'm the kind of guy that like I'll just do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And when I'm done doing that thing, I like I've I've seen you go and travel across the world for yeah, months at a time. And you know. I think I um, I think a lot of people are like this. Like it, it, if if you want to do something, just say it out loud and it might manifest like I wanted to you said the travel travel over thing like I thought and it'd be like really cool if uh somebody wanted to hire me and pay me to go somewhere else to take photos of something yeah like man that'd be so cool but like I'll never be good enough or whatever you know or I'll never like have that big of a name well a couple months after saying that someone called me up and asked if I wanted to go shoot a shoot a thing in Colorado Oh, wow. And um, that was my first gig like that. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, how do I make it work? And so I made that work. And then um, until since then, I've had a couple other things where I'm, I'm going to North Carolina and uh, going went to Florida. And I'd really like to, at some point, go out of the country and do it, you know, after Corona and everything. I did not know that. That's really cool, dude. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool because, like, uh, they pay for your vacation basically, and you get paid to go on vacation. So what would you say the moral is if someone's in, in a situation like you're in, like, what would you say to them? Well, I don't know, because everyone's different, and I'm not an absolutist about 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 things, but I think that if there's somebody out there like me, and anything that I've said, like, resonates with them, I think, um, like, uh, I think you got to go with your gut and, and even if things don't make sense, because I took a big pay cut, I was making really good money with Faster House, yeah. right? And it didn't make sense to me. Like, uh, I had a limiting, I had a limiting belief that I could actually make money doing real, uh, doing photography. Mm -hmm. I thought photographers, I might make thirty or forty or fifty grand. Like that's that's nothing, right? I need, I need. I mean, I I wanted to, I wanted to make much more than that, so I can, because I, I wanted to continue buying houses. Yeah for rental. So I'm still, I still do that. I still buy houses. I still wholesale sometimes and I'm rehabbing house right now that yeah. we're going to move into. But, um, can I just stop you real quick? Yeah. It sounds like things flopped. So you were doing more heavy, the investing side, the oh, yeah, side yeah. and then light on the photography. Yes. And now life is much better than you. Yeah. Like real estate is just your hobby now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you flipped it. Exactly. It was real estate. Photo or photography was my hobby yeah. that I didn't get paid for yeah. or, or sometimes got paid for, but real estate and, and I'm surrounded by people. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably listen to a lot of podcasts. You're, you're probably following a lot of influencers who have this um, message about, um, about grinding and hustling and working late hours. And that, and that stuff is not inher inherently bad. To me, I don't like those words because it means doing something I don't like to do for a long period of time forever. Yeah. Yeah. Until one day when I'm 65, I can go, finally, I am I can relax and do yeah. something I want to yeah. do. And get my head surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's true. Like, you have to do it in the beginning or like in short sprints, but like... yeah. You you can't keep that mindset forever. You're gonna burn out and yeah. lose your passion. There's got well, I think there's gotta be something that can keep you working in long hours in that, right? There's gotta be some aspect of it that like it doesn't feel like work to you, right? Right. But you can it, it's not the hustle and grind because it's effortless in the sense. Yes. There's gotta be something like I don't like every part of this business. You don't like every part of this business, do you? Like right. You know what I mean? Like and do you like every part of photography? I outsource a lot of my editing. Yeah, there you go. So I mean I think it's like the hustle and grind thing, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, your VAs are going to have fun with our editing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna, that's going to be me, 100%. Is it? Yeah. But, yeah. well, like, things, I've learned that th same thing, too. Like, um, outsource the things you don't want to do. 
Is that something you learned from coaches or is it something you kind yeah, of like came it, to know? Or what? I think I learned that from like, okay, like I can't be the one putting all the stamps on the letters. Yeah. And so I think I learned that from real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and my family, like we're the type of like entrepreneur, we're the type of business owner that wants to do everything. Yeah. You know, those guys who like, they want to do the accounting and they want to work on the car and they want to hire the people. They want to, they want to do the everything. They're right? a constant technician. Yes. And the constant technician, that's, that's kind of like, um, was the default way of thinking for me. And like, I need to to focus on trying to be a better business owner and not being a better employee for myself, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's why like, uh, I got to a point where I, uh, all my real estate editing, I I outsource because like, um, I'll go shoot four or five houses that's that might take five hours. If I want to edit it, it takes another four or five hours. And yeah. like, I don't want to get, I don't want to do the things I don't want to do. It's so houses you could be out shooting. Exactly. Or doing nothing. Like if I want to relax, yeah. like that's the other thing like I learned is that man, like in 500 years and 5 billion years and, and 10 billion years, none of this really matters. Like I get a one life and I shouldn't be spending it doing things. You know, like I shouldn't, my system of how I live should not include doing things that I don't want to do on a daily or weekly basis. Amen. You know, I would, if, your time and your freedom, man. if I don't want to do something, uh, if I, if I want to like do nothing, if I want to watch Netflix for like an hour, right? Like, um, I, Go ahead, I don't want to feel guilty for that. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think everyone does that kind of shit. Like we all do things. And I think we sometimes we have this guilt, like, oh, I should be, I should be reading a, um, a Carnegie book right now, right? Or like, I should be uh, meditating, meditating for thirty minutes right now. Or, yeah. And I, all of the, all of those things are great, but like, we're all human. Like, nobody actually, except for the, the maybe like Tony Robbins and like a handful of people, actually do that stuff for well, yeah. yeah. I know some guys will look on like down on like, oh, you should be wasting time on watching sports or going to games and stuff. Like if you love sports, I mean that's your passion then right. what's wrong with that? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean okay, you're not working on your real estate business, you're doing something for you. Like Yeah, life is multidimensional and if you make it all about business or just one aspect some people are like that, you know what I mean? Some people are built that way, but like there are some people who just, they work 18 hours a day yeah. on their businesses and that's it. That's just not me. So, and you don't have to be money motivated either. Like um, even to be in real estate, you don't have to be money motivated. Um, you just have to find a way to- Make it fit. To, to make it like, to make it resonate with you. Yeah. You know, um, and then when that when that stops working, don't be afraid to to go. Okay, I might be it might be time for something different. Good stuff, man. Speaking of things you don't like to do, I want to touch on it really quick because you and I just well, you got me motivated actually to do the seventy five hard program. Yes, you put together a little Facebook group. Well, let's and, tell uh, what is seventy five hard. Define it for me. All right, so if you don't know what it is, it's it's more of a uh, a mental challenge than a physical. Oh, yeah challenge um so it's it's a very rigid program 75 days straight of two day workouts one outside drinking out of water a day read 10 pages of a book you have to read not audiobook uh stick to a diet plan and no alcohol am i forgetting anything i think that's, that's it. it yeah um it's it's really freaking rigid man like i did not go my entire adult life, I think, without having a drink for 75 days. So I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And um, what, what did that do for you, like, business-wise? Like, for me, it created so much discipline and just became so much more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was curious, though, what, what, what it meant to you. For business? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it helped my business because like, I feel like a better person now. I'm more confident. Yeah. Yeah. So 75 hard did a lot and it's hard to, it's, it was very holistic for me. You know, um, I, like you said, the mental part. So um, the biggest mental takeaway that I got was that I had more 
like I was giving up a lot sooner mm-hmm. in a lot of ways than I was, than I could have given, you know? Um, so in terms of business, it's kind of hard to quantify because it's not like I made more money necessarily, yeah. but I was more present mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So, um, especially like with no booze, right? Like no, like being totally sober for 75 days. Um, it, uh, you're more present when people are around. Um, I think that the discipline though, um, <laughs> it might've made things a little more hectic sometimes because you, you, oh, you have, sure. you have a, at least, you know, probably two hours every day is mm-hmm. at least is dedicated to that. Well, yeah, I mean, right? you got an hour and a half of working out and then all the other Then you got reading and then the other stuff. Yeah. Um, then you get your food prep and there are some days where you're like, I don't know how I can do this. Like, I don't know how I can physically t- with, with the amount of hours in the day. And there were some days that like, I, I wouldn't get home to like 11, 1130 at night for, for whatever reason, you know, like yeah. on a project or something. And Still I had a workout to do. Yeah. So can I challenge you for a second here? And, yeah. And maybe, so you say that you didn't want like hustle and grind. And yeah. Like that. It's not what you want to do. But then you just say like how challenging this is. Which is right. kind of hustle and grind. So I guess the, why did you want to do it in the first place? Well, so yeah, that's a good question. So um, because I wanted to accomplish that, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to do something hard yeah. to prove to myself I could do something hard, right? Yes. For the sake of being hard. So that reason I asked that is that just because someone says they don't want to hustle or, or don't want to grind, for, for those who who like almost, I don't want to say worship it, but like for lack of a better term, worship that kind of ideal, it's not that people who don't value that are necessarily lazy. They right. do want, like yourself, and you know, like you want to find things that challenge you for sure. Right. It's just like you don't want that to be your default mode through life. Right, you did yes. 75 hard. You proved yourself. It's kind of like a hero's journey sort of um, thing. And so you came out the other end. And you felt better about yourself, right? Built right. confidence and things like that. Yeah, and yeah. That you're still disciplined. Right. But it's important, like you said, to not fall back into just tear it all down. Everything you just went through and fall back into all your old habits. Yeah. Like even though if you st- take a scale it back, I mean, I'm not going to do the two day workouts. I'm having a beer <laughs> on <a> Friday. <laughs> um, it's created all these micro habits that are these new disciplines where it's like, man, I feel like I got to do some kind of exercise a day, even if it's not a grueling workout. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get outside and go for a walk. Well, I think the, I think the experience of something like that you just guys went through and other hardships too and struggles, it shows that you're tough. And so you have that now in your mental library, you can go back to that, pull it out and say, Hey, I, I've overcome some shit that I can do it again. Right. And so it gives that confidence moving forward in the world. I feel like, well, I think you realize throughout it, like you are capable of so much more than you give yourself credit for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, um, I still feel it now. Like I'm not doing 75 hard. I'm, you know, drinking a beer. Um, and most days I work out, you know, or most weeks, four to six days a week. I do jujitsu three times and then lift two to three times a week. Um, and then, but my, my diet's falling away. I drink sometimes. Um, and, I, I know what I'm capable of. So the, what could be dangerous ah. is doing something extraordinary for yourself, right? Um, reaching a new height that you've never reached and then going back to base camp, knowing that there's other heights and other mountains to climb. And so there's a little bit of a torture where you're like, what's next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So what happened after my 75 days was like, I had a week where I was like, okay, great. I get to go celebrate. I haven't had a beer in a long time. Haven't had pizza in a long time. And I had a week of beer and pizza basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I bounced back in the opposite direction and I felt terrible. And you were just talking about that earlier today, like the, um, the contrast between the two, you know, you get used to a certain level of health and well-being and mental clarity. Uh And when you immediately contrast that against uh, your old lifestyle, you feel it well, very hard. I mean, my old baseline was just feeling tired all the time. Right. Brain fog every day. <laughs> and you don't think about that as, yeah. as you know, you think about that that's just who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's, I even thought that's how everybody is. Yeah. 
uh, you know, I get up and I'm like, it's not. I don't want to get up. <laughs> well, yeah, you start believing stuff that comes in your head, like, oh, I'm, I'm 35, I can never be in, I can never see my abs again. <laughs> I'm just gonna have a dad bod forever. Like, yeah. you start to believe those things, yeah. um, and, and you think that's just how how life is, you know, or whatever. But like, you you can really. I don't know, like it, it takes a lot of work to like to continue that, you know, type of, so I, well, not, not a lot of work because if it's your lifestyle, it's not really work. Right. But so I, after that week, I was like, I'm going to do 75 hard again. And that lasted like two or three weeks before I was like, no, I can't like, I, I had to, I have to give myself a break here. And so now I'm like somewhere in between, you know, but um, I'm ready for, the next height, which, which is going to be, it's not just a, it's not just a physical thing for me. You know, I'm like, I'm ready for new heights with my, with my business and which is why I'm here, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good way to kind of leave it off. How, how, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you and, and kind of yeah, see need photos or yeah. I have an OnlyFans page, which is <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm a, like I said, real estate, videography and photography that's uh, and then headshots that's and everybody needs a headshot i don't care who you are i don't care if you're working at mcdonald's like you should have a headshot um uh the best way to reach me uh, it, just go to my website coreyboyles.com c-r-e-y-b-o-y-l-e-s and uh, you know if you ever want to work with me um i'd be glad to to work with you too uh you can see all my previous work get get a hold of me there you can even book from there so very good yeah thanks for everything you did yeah. Corey. thank yeah, you you're awesome thank, thank you. you so much and yeah. and real, real quick we're using Corey's camera right now so oh yeah hope you like the added production if it's, <laughs> if it's good quality we're using my camera if it's bad we're it's not <laughs> 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 all right see you everybody bye everybody